Welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Thank all of you for being here. The one minute, the, uh, I'm sorry, that I used to call these one minute miracles. Uh, the, the spiritual law of nature for today is one that, in, in my opinion, is, is one of the most practical ones. And five minutes after this call today, you can start integrating this into your life. And I believe it's going to make a significant difference in the rest of your day today, as well as the rest of your week and for the rest of your life if you keep doing it. Um, So uh, if you've got a pencil there and a paper, please jot down the basics so you can start doing that. Um, Where these uh, spiritual laws of nature came from were my private practice many years ago. And uh, at that time, I charged $120 an hour. That was long, many years ago. The rates are higher now. But uh, $120 an hour, actually, it was for 50 minutes. And, um, uh, and these things were absolutely life-changing to people to the degree that I had a six-month waiting list uh, after I'd been in practice for six months because word spread that, hey, this, this guy over here is doing some things that are really different and they work. So we are so delighted to offer them to you every week for free. Uh, we want you to share them, tell your friends. Uh, Ken just told you they're archived, so if you miss a call, you can, you can uh, get ones that you've missed. But please... Please integrate these into your life. Um, it's not benefiting anybody if you just hear it and say, oh, that's nice, but, but don't do it. And I believe that these things will be life-changing. So the one today is called Create, all right? Uh, you know, the, the clients that come to the Healing Codes and the ones that, it, that came to me in my private practice, I would say that, way over 90% of them are, are in some kind of a vicious cycle in their life. Uh, we've all heard the term that's been really popular for about the last 30 years, uh, breaking the cycle. And if you've read any in the self-help or psychology world, you know that according to the experts, that's very hard to do. It's, it's, it's difficult to break a cycle. Uh, some, some experts believe that you can't, that, that once these cycles are embedded and they're transferred down from generation to generation to generation to generation, that it's almost impossible to break a cycle. Uh, I personally witnessed that uh, in my own life as I have watched my wife, who is way more courageous than I've ever dreamed of being, uh, break vicious cycles in her life that are, that are many generations long and that no one else in her family has ever broken. 
but she has. And, and man, I respect her so much for that because I know how hard it is. And, and we believe that the healing codes can help you with that, but you need some other guidance too in, in what you're trying to do and, and why you need to do it and, and where you need to apply this new tool in your life to break those cycles. And I hope that by the end of, of the next few minutes, you will know that. And so you'll be ready to take that screwdriver out on your own and start breaking these cycles in your life and living the life that you truly want to live. Um, I believe that we are a three-part being. And, and, and in a lot of these uh, spiritual laws of nature, I cover things that we've covered things before that we've covered before on these calls, but I feel like I have to because we want to make every one of these uh, stand on its own, okay? Uh, we don't want somebody to be lost because they haven't heard the one from three months ago. So I try to do that as briefly as I possibly can, and this is one of those places. I believe that we're a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. Uh, the spirit is housed in, in the spiritual heart. The soul is contained in the body. And each of them have, have very different aspects to them. And, but, but the foundational, um, the foundational thing to the discussion today is that the heart houses the issues of the heart, obviously. That's what Solomon called them years ago. Modern medicine tends to call them cellular memories, all right? Some people call them, like Dr. Bruce Lipton, your unsubconscious beliefs. But these are the underlying programming. These are the computer viruses, if you will, at least the negative ones, that, that create our beliefs, they create our thoughts, they create our emotions, they create our actions and behaviors. Uh, to the degree that so much of what we do, we don't really know why we do. And we'll try to come up with a rational explanation that involves our current circumstances, but a great deal of the time, it really doesn't have much to do with our current circumstances. It's a memory that's maybe uh, 10 years old, maybe 50 years old, maybe 200 years old. It's generational. It's just been passed down to us. And so we feel and experience those same emotions and feelings. We, we inherit those beliefs or, or have them for long periods of time. And then we end up acting in the same way as, as so many other people before us. What you need to understand today is that we are always creating. Always. 24 hours a day, 60 seconds in every minute, 60 minutes in an hour, 365 days a year, we are always creating. Um, I recently got back from Europe, uh, which was a, a delightful trip for, for me I, because I was able to take my family. And when we were in Rome, we went to the Vatican and we saw the Sistine Chapel, which was one of the great thrills of my life uh, to stand in that chapel after it's been refurbished and they've removed all the soot off of the ceiling so it's so much clearer now. Um, and, and to see those 
incredible, wonderful brush strokes that, that took Michelangelo years of his life, three, four years to do the ceiling, another three years or so to do the main back wall, all right? But what you have to understand is that was created in Michelangelo's mind before it ever got to the ceiling. What he did on the ceiling was only copying what he had in his, in his mind. Because what we call the imagination, and I don't call it that because it, it gives a wrong impression, I think. I call it the image maker. The image maker that God built and put inside of us is the foundational creational tool in all of the world. Um, Oswald Chambers, one of, the, one of the most highly respected writers in the Christian community, uh, who wrote a book called uh, My Utmost for His Highest that I've been told is the top-selling religious or Christian book of all time except for the Bible itself. And it's a bestseller every single year. And it's wonderful. But, but in that book, Oswald Chambers says that the imagination is the most important tool that we have to live the life that we want to live or it'll destroy the life that we want to live. But it is that creative force that is at the source of everything that's ever created. Every building that you see was created in someone's imagination, or, or let's just call it what I like to call it because I'm the one that's talking here, the image maker. It was created in someone's image maker, or it could not exist in the physical world. Okay, The, the Ford automobile and Henry Ford, that existed in his mind, or it never could have existed in the physical world. The computer existed... Someone's image maker created that, or, or we wouldn't have computers today. Because that's the way the creation process works every single time. The, the, the primary method of creation is always from the image maker. And then it flows from there to reality and to the physical manifestation and, 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 and on and on and on. All right? But what I want you to understand today is that when Henry Ford uh, it imaged the car, the car came into existence. Even before there was a physical car, the car now existed because it existed in his mind and heart. And it was there, and he knew it would work. And that's true with, with everything in our lives and everything in our world. And it's absolutely critical. Um, in, in, the, uh, in the Vatican, in uh, St. Peter's Church, uh, after going through the Sistine Chapel, we, went in, we then went into, um, I believe that, that's called St. Peter's, and um, saw a statue that Michelangelo had also uh, created out of marble, and to me, it was almost more astounding than the Sistine Chapel ceiling. And it was uh, the statue of Mary 
holding the dead body of Jesus after his crucifixion. And it was absolutely incredible. I couldn't believe it. It, it was a huge statue. It was made from one piece of marble. I, I, they told us how long it took him to do it, but I don't remember. It was years. And it looked for all the world like both of those people were just going to stand up and walk. It looked so real. But again, it was even more real in the mind and heart of Michelangelo than it is in the marble. And it exists today in the marble because it existed first in his image maker. So here's my question. What are you creating? Because the, the image maker doesn't rest. It doesn't sleep. It's connected to our unsubconscious, which goes 24 hours a day even, even when we're asleep. That's why we dream, because the image maker is still working even while we're asleep. So what are you creating on a day-by-day -day basis, a minute-by-minute -minute basis in your life? And, and what I want you to know today is that you're either creating life or death. And when this became really uh, real to me uh, a couple of years ago, uh, I went out and got the website domain name lifeordeath.com because to me this is one of the most critical issues in our life because moment by moment you are either creating life or you're creating death. God said in the Bible, I've set before you both life and death. Choose life. And that's what I'm saying to you today is that you have the power to moment by moment either create life which is going to help heal you, it's going to inspire you, it's going to make you happy, it's going to make you um, have wonderful relationships, it's going to make you successful in your career and business, but you also have the power, if you choose to, to create death that's going to give you illness and disease, it's going to keep you from succeeding at your career. It's going to destroy your relationships. Okay? And, and, and a lot of you are like my wife, that, that you have been a part of a generational vicious cycle, and it's hard for you not to image negative stuff. It's hard for you not to image fear and anger and worthlessness and, and selfishness and pain and, and, thi and, and this is going to go wrong, and, and this is going to fail, and I can't be successful. Other people won't like me, and, and on and on and on, because that's what's been poured into you. That's what other people in your ancestry have created and passed it on to you on a cellular level. But the good news today is that you can break that cycle. And, and I've seen it over and over and over and over, especially in the last 10 years since the healing codes. The first event is where you lose your peace. Subsequent events are because you lost your peace. 
So if you have an anger problem, the first event, the first memory, the first image that occurred that made you angry for the first time is where you lost your peace. It's where the door was opened for a life of anger. The subsequent anger events, all the others that happened after that, happened because you lost your peace, because that door was now already open. Very often, if you can find and heal the first event, it'll create a positive domino effect in everything in that line, in this case, anger. All right? And that's one thing I'd like you to think about this week is if you have an anger issue, if you have a fear issue, if you have low self-worth, to really pray and meditate and think, when did that start with me? And I bet you you're going to be able to remember an early event, an early memory where you first started feeling angry. Now, some of you won't be able to find the first one. That's okay. Just use the codes and pray that that first one will be found and healed, whether you ever remember it or not. But it does work faster if you can actually remember that early anger memory, the early fear memory, the early self-worth memory, the early lying memory, where you first imaged Death. I've said before you life and death. So when you first image death in the form of anger, try to find that event or at least an early one and find as many as you can and go to work healing those. And then once they're healed, start to use your image maker for the opposite of anger. Well, what's the opposite of anger? Patience. So image yourself in situations that in the past have made you angry. Image yourself over and over and over after you go back and heal those issues of being patient in those situations. Well, why am I doing that, Lloyd? Because every time you image something, you create a new seed. I hope you heard that. Every time you image something, you create a new seed in your heart and mind. And that seed is going to grow, and it's going to mature, and it's going to bear fruit. Well, do you want more anger apples, or do you want more patience apples? Well, I guarantee you, I've been there on the anger. In my early years of life, I was a very angry little boy. And I don't want to go back to that. So I want to image patience apples. I want to create patience apples inside of me. And it absolutely works, people. They've studied this. Um, one of the best studies I've seen was on Olympic athletes, and they had them image running the race just like they would if they were out there on the track practicing to run the race. And what they found, what they did is they hooked the runners up to all these electrodes and everything. They had them actually run the race, and the computer um, saw where all their muscles fired and in what order. 
Then they had them come down, sit in, sit in a chair, hooked them up to the electrodes, turned the computer on, and had them image running the race, sitting in a chair. And what they found was the exact same muscles fired in the exact same order, and the next time they went out to run the race, they ran it better. What does that mean? That means that, that it worked as practice without them ever going out to the track. They studied the same thing with golfers and with uh, people shooting archery and shooting free throws in basketball and found, again, exactly the same thing. That people who imaged it, who created that seed of making the basket, making the putt, shooting the arrow into the, into the circle over and over and over, that they improved as much as the people who actually went out and did it and practiced. Now that's phenomenal. Uh, I'm told that Michael Jordan, when they had a game, he would go into the city and uh, a lot of times he would go into the arena the afternoon before the game all by himself and he would lay on his back sometimes on the floor and he would just image shooting the shot taking that last game winning or losing shot over and 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 over. And he said in interviews that when it came to actually taking the game winning shot, he was very confident because he'd already taken it a hundred times that day. And it had gone in every time. Now that doesn't mean it's going to go in every time but he is sure up the odds by creating success in his heart and mind. All right, what else? Um, we, j just, just like you can do that positively, like the Olympic athletes and Michael Jordan, you can also do it negatively, and that's what most of us do. You have an image of an event before you do it. Okay? If you're going to do the laundry, you cannot do the laundry without an image of doing the laundry. If you don't have an image, you have to learn how to do it as if it's the first time you've ever did it, ever done it. Antonio Damasio, uh, MD, PhD at University of Southern California, said that imageless thought is impossible. That we, we cannot have a thought unless we have an image and the thought is just the description of the image that we have. And we cannot do any action or behavior without an image. The image is the actual thing that causes the behavior. Without the image, we don't know what to do. But we do have an image for everything that we do. If you go to get in your car, you have an image of that. Now, you may not be conscious of it all the time because you've done it so many times and it's become natural, but it's there. And here's the point. That is great news. Because once you, let, let's say you hate to do the laundry, and so every time you do the laundry, you're, I don't want to be doing this. Man, why don't they do their own laundry? This is, this is a waste of my time. I'm so sick to death. I've been doing laundry for 30 years. Okay, uh, well, guess what? The only way it's possible for you to experience doing the laundry that way 
is that you've got a whole bunch of images that say doing the laundry is bad, doing the laundry is a waste of my time, doing the laundry is boring, doing the laundry is et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All right? Well, now you've got a tool in the healing codes that can heal those memories and then consciously start creating the new ones, image doing the laundry in love, joy, and peace. Now that may sound silly to you, but let me dare you. Try it. You try it, and then you see if it seems silly. And here's why I say that. You try that for just a few minutes, and then, you, let me back up. You use the healing codes to heal that negative belief and attitude you have in the image of doing the laundry, and then you image doing the laundry in love, joy, and peace for a few minutes, and then you go do the laundry, and I can almost guarantee you you're going to have a very different experience the very first time. And if you do that over and over and over, it's going to change that experience from now on. Now, I'm not, going to say, I'm not saying you're going to jump up and down doing the laundry, but I am saying it's going to become an experience that is pleasant as opposed to unpleasant, that you're not grumbling about, that you don't dread all day, et cetera, et cetera. And you can do that with every issue of your life and, of course, especially the big ones, your relationships, your career, your work, Image your work. Once you heal the negative you have about work and success and failure and all that, then image the work, going to work, doing your work, whatever that is, and being in love and joy and peace and other people uh, being receptive to what you're doing, being successful at it, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I'm not talking about affirmation-type visualizing. I'm talking, I'm talking about in the realm of truth and love. But the most important thing about how you do your, about your job and career is how you do it. So many people get caught up in, I want to become a millionaire. Well, that's not the point anyway. You want to do your work with passion and love and peace and joy. That's the point. So that's what you image. You don't need to image making millions of dollars. That'll take care of itself in the, in the way that's right for you. Okay. One last thing. A little bit of a soapbox. So many of us today are creating hundreds of terrible new images every day through television, through movies, through things we look at on the Internet. And, and every one of those things that we're doing, moment by moment, is creating a new seed in our heart and mind that's going to grow into a fruit. And it may not seem like such a big deal right now, but let me tell you, you sow a huge crop of fear you sow a huge crop of murder, which is anger and hate and selfishness. You sow a huge crop of those things over a period of time by watching two, four, six, eight hours of 
television that's full of that stuff every single day, and when that crop comes in, you're going to be overwhelmed, and, and you're going to have just created a new vicious cycle or a much worse vicious cycle for your children and the people around you than the one you've inherited. So let me encourage all of you, guard your heart. Don't let stuff in there that, that's going to grow into that kind of a crop. Think about that and say, okay, this thing, this TV show that I'm watching, this thing that I'm looking on at the Internet, what kind of crop is this going to bring me? And am I going to increase my anger by 10% in the next few months because I'm putting all this new anger in me that's going to grow into a fruit within a few months and ripen and bust open and I'm going to feel lots more anger? Okay? So anyway, it's your choice, life or death. You create it moment by moment, and you can break any of those vicious cycles that have been haunting you and your family. Heal the negative with the codes, find the first events or at least the early ones, and then spend a little bit of time imaging those things that you're having trouble with in truth and love and watch how it changes the next time you do it. And then keep doing it, and it's going to be easy and transformed over time. And then you'll start passing that on to your children and the people that you're around, and you'll be a blessing to them in a way you never have been before. So take a little bit of time today and this week and use your image maker to create Love, joy, peace, health, healing, uh, prosperity, great relationships, all those things that you want in your life. And the most important thing, cover it all in constant prayer.